You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. This is Fired Up Browns, and on today's episode, we are going to be going over a little preview of the 2022 NFL Draft with special guest Lorenz Lineweaver. Let's get into it. I'm here with Lorenz Lineweaver, Senior Scout at NFL Draft Bible and Sports Illustrated. Lorenz, how are you doing today? Man, I'm, I'm great. You know, I'm excited to, to be on. Thanks so much for having me, getting to talk uh, NFL prospects, draft prospects, which is my favorite thing to do. And um, yeah, and getting to put them all bit in a, in a Cleveland Browns context here. Some some guys at the fans should maybe be looking out for this season. So yeah, I'm excited to chop it up with you. Yeah, so this past draft, we filled a couple needs at corner with Greg Newsom, and then came back in the second round, filled that hybrid linebacker safety type role with Jeremiah Usakoromoa. And now we got a few positions to fill still. We have uh, temporary fixes this year at DN with Clowney and then defensive tackles. Andrew Billings and Malik Jackson are both on one-year contracts. So those are a couple positions that'll need fixed into the future. And then we also have potential need at receiver and also potentially offensive line, depending on what happens with the Wyatt Teller situation. So let's start out with DN. You got anybody you really like for Cleveland at defensive end? I, I'll, I'll say this starting off. I mean, they did a great job last year um, drafting drafting players at positions in which the draft was very deep at. They didn't go reach for, for need. I mean, they, they addressed needs, but they didn't go reach really. It was a deep cornerback class. Addressed that in round one with a player who, if he would have been healthy, played more at Northwestern. Greg Newsom, I think, would have played a lot more. Um, I would have went a lot higher. That's that's what I wanted to say. And then um, and Owusu-Koromoa, who in a very strong linebacker class, you know, fell down the board a little bit. You get him at, what, 50? Uh, great value there um, on, on that pick. And I think this year, if you go into this, if you go into next year's draft, um, expecting or, or, or wanting to, to draft that that edge defensive end type guy as a replacement for, for Clowney opposite of Miles Garrett. There are a number of names. Now, I don't think they'll be drafting high enough to get guys like Kayvon Thibodeau, who's just got – who could – could I, I think I expect him to become an absolute game wrecker there at, at Oregon, and then he's going to just carry that over in the NFL, can win all three ways with speed, with power, and then with an inside counter. Drake Jackson out of USC is someone who could potentially fall. If you want to get into Drake Jackson or if, if you want to like him, he's you really got to bet on potential. He was someone who came to USC at around 275 pounds, um, was slimmed down for his, for his sophomore season for a new uh, defensive coordinator. They want him to play more of that outside linebacker stand-up rusher role. I don't know how much that fits him. I think he's a 265 pound, uh, 265-pound, hand-in-the-dirt type, uh, bull, bull rush as his primary move, 
rusher, but he's also got a lot of flexibility. I think he's he's getting there with his hands, but he's got the length. He's got the athleticism to turn into premier pass rusher. His range could really be anywhere, depending on how the season goes. I could see him being a second-round pick. I could see him being a top-five pick, depending on how he plays the season. If you want to say he's a top-five pick right now, you got to love the upside. Um, another player, if you want pure speed off the edge, Adam Anderson out of Georgia is is all that around six five two thirty, little undersized, probably more of that of that standard um, thirty four outside linebacker that's really going to win from a two point stance. Uh, I I really like his ability to win on that outside track, like I said, but he's also got that that speed to power that he can counter with. And um, you gotta you gotta get up early in the morning to beat Adam, Adam Anderson um, to 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 protect your outside shoulder as a tackle from Adam Anderson. Uh, so those are some of the names uh, I could get into more if you want to. Are there any specifics that you like? I think a good fit would also be a guy like Aiden Hutchinson because he's more of a more of a run defender um, outside of outside of Miles Garrett, who's going to be drawing a lot of double teams. I think Aiden Hutchinson is someone who, who who can really be a solid guy on on the opposite side. There, he can reduce inside, rush on third down from the inside but be a really good run defender on the outside on early down. So that's, that's another name. I've, I've mocked him there a couple of times. I would like that a lot, but with Adam, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, you can't expect uh, the 10, 12 sack upside. I don't think they can expect from a guy like Adam Anderson, who's going to be more of a third down um, type pass rusher. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I definitely feel like the Browns will prefer guys such as uh, Drake Jackson, if you can get up to that 265. Hutchinson with the ability to kick inside on third down on pass rush situations, as well as uh, George Karloftis as well from Purdue. He's another one that, that the Browns will be interested in probably. And Adam He's, Anderson, I absolutely love, love Adam Anderson. Just, I just don't know if the Browns are going to be in on that at that weight. They typically do like their bigger defensive ends. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a really that that's that's someone if you want to say, hey, we're fine with our because I think he, he's going to end up going first round. If you say we're fine with our first round pick, probably being more of a designated pass rusher type, but could be one of the best ones in the league at that. I think Adam Anderson's going to be fit, but not everyone's going to see him as a first round type player. He's going to be all over the board for teams um, unless he. He, he is able to add some weight, which I'm just not sure. I think he's just going to be at 230, maybe 235, but that's just going to be his playing weight, and you got to be comfortable with it. But you mentioned Karlaftis. He's someone who I think doesn't get nearly enough credit for his athleticism and strength. Everyone's talking about him like he's that, that, that pure big defensive end, that, that sort of five-tech type guy, which he is, which he can do, but he's someone who's so athletic. I think he could – he can do he, he can do work all over that defensive line, similar to Aiden Hutchinson. But I think he's even with Hutchinson coming off that off that injury. I think Carlaftis might even be a better prospect right now. Yeah, and definitely a couple guys there that their draft range is kind of wide open with Anderson and with Carlaftis. Anderson just hasn't been a starter for the, for the Bulldogs, and then with Carlaftis, he barely played. I believe he played like two and a half games in 2020 yeah. so you don't have a lot of recent tape with him you're mainly going off that 2019 tape so those are a couple guys where their range along with Jackson as you mentioned earlier where it's just you don't you have no idea they could end up with a good year being top 10 picks because 
all of them have that athleticism and talent that you're looking for. And it's just going to depend on how they perform this year as to who's actually available. And like you said, with Anderson, definitely a guy who's going to be your edge two. He's not going, you don't want to mess your edge one. He's probably never going to get a double digit sack year, but as someone that they could get, if those other guys go higher than their pick, definitely a guy that could fill a starting role for the Browns and really just a solid dependable player. Like you said, coming off the injury, but he was, I thought he was a lot better, not a lot, but better in 2020 than 2019. And you just look at guys like that. You really want that year to year improvement as well. So let's get into defensive tackles. As we said earlier, Billings and Jackson are, upcoming free agents and behind them you just have a lot of young guys who haven't proven anything you have Marvin Wilson and Tommy Togiai who were just drafted this past season Wilson being a UDFA Togiai being a fourth round pick you have Malik McDowell who they signed in free agency and a previous third round pick Jordan Elliott from the 2020 draft all of whom have just not done anything in the NFL yet so if one of them pops it potentially doesn't become a need but more likely it is going to be a need for them to fill. So who do you like at defensive tackle? I mean, I'll, I'll start off by saying this. I don't think this is a good good class from what, what we got right now, sort of like last year's class. Not a ton of talent uh, available uh, for, for the defensive tackle group. Um, I, I think, like I said, looking at it from, from the standpoint right now, there are some guys that could potentially rise. I think the Marvin Leal from Texas A&M is probably going to headline the class He's just a freak of nature at 290. They're playing him all the way out to seven or even nine tech. He's got a ton of juice, a lot of athleticism, probably run the four, eight range at, at 290, which is just freaky. Former five-star recruit, like I said, out of Texas A&M, I think he could easily carry 315 pounds, carry good weight because he does not look like the 290 or 295 that I think he is. Um, he's, he's got the chance. He's got to play more inside to make it more translatable because right now they're playing it. Uh, they're playing him at defensive end a lot. I really want him to kick inside this season, which I think he will. They got some players coming back from injury there at, at that pure defensive end, uh, edge spot for Texas A&M. I think once he does that, he's, he's got that ability, that athleticism and that power, uh, to win quickly, to get quick pass rush wins, to be a plus run defender on the inside. So if you're going to ask me if there's one guy who could go top 10, top 15 in, on the interior in, in the draft, it's going to be Leal. Outside of that, you're, you're really looking for, for guys that, that could potentially make that jump. Um, we got uh, Perrion Winfrey out of, out of Oklahoma, who's got that athleticism to potentially make the move, um, make, make that jump. Same with um, uh, the, the other Oklahoma kid. Name's escaping me. Um, man. Isaiah can't, can't, can't think of it right now. Sorry. Should have pulled it up, but uh, he's, he's, he's another guy who they play on the outside. I think is going to transition to the, to the inside. We see that a lot in college with guys that play out at defensive end kicking inside. So Oklahoma has got two guys. And then if you just want the big nose tackle clogging up the middle with some, with more athleticism than what you would expect, you got to go to Georgia, go to Jordan Davis. Uh, this is a big man, six, six, 360. Now, do I think he's got to be 360? I don't. I think he can play at 330 and be a lot better for the NFL game. But this is someone who, if he's if he's lining up at that zero tech, at that shaded nose, 
one tech, whatever you want to make him out to be. Good luck running it up the middle because he's got excellent length. He can two gap. He could do all those things for your defense. And um, I think at 330, that athleticism, that um, if you talk to people at, at, at Georgia, they really expect him to, if he slims down, he could run around a five second 40 at 330, which is absolutely freaky. Um, he's a better athlete than what it shows on tape. It's just tough to see a good athlete at 360 pounds. But I think this is a player who some people might be sleeping on as a bit of a just a two down player. I think if he slims down and gets to that 330 playing weight, if he can stay there and if he can stay healthy, I think he can be a three down player and contribute as a pass rusher because good luck blocking that guy up the middle. Afterwards, man, this class is really getting thin. You're looking at guys that I think are day three caliber players right now. Uh, so good luck finding the, find the first round pick there, especially if Liel does what, what I expect him to do and goes in that top 10, 15 range where the Browns probably won't be picking. You'll probably got to look to day two or day three to get that, to, to get a defensive tackle in, in next year's class. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And with Jordan Davis, I do think he needs to slim down a little bit. He played at lighter weight in 2019 than he did in 2020 and pulling that weight. And I do not think that was the right move. I believe you were thinking of Isaiah Thomas for the Oklahoma Sooners, not the basketball yep. player, the DN for I, Oklahoma. Exactly. Yeah. He he's, he's going to be someone Isaiah Thomas, who I, I think once he kicks down to uh, kicks inside, which I think he's going to do in the league more, they play him on the outside a lot uh, is, is, is going to, that athleticism is just going to be more translatable and, and, and he's going to be able to beat some guards based off of that alone. Yeah. And then Perry and Winfrey, you have him as a Juco transfer into Oklahoma. So he just got there and has only really played there for the past year and was a top, top Juco recruit coming out and was also recruited by Alabama as well there. And then you also have Haskell Garrett as a guy who, like you said, isn't there yet. Probably will never, I don't think, see a way in which he gets to that round one type. I think he can be a day two pick for the Browns, but he struggles in the run game really bad, but shows a good bit as a pass rusher and possibly get a reunion there with Togiai on day two for him. And then, like you said, Liel is just a absolute monster, just a freak athlete. When, when you look at him, you don't think he's 290. You look at him like he's a solid 270 defensive end, and then you look at the roster and he's listed at 290, and it's just freak. He wears that that weight real. I mean, he yeah, he he can put up some more, and he's a he's an absolute freak. Like uh, like we like you said, uh, Haskell Garrett. I agree with you. He's gonna be a good pass rusher in the league. I don't know if he could get the job done on on rundowns. Now that can be valuable being a good pass rusher, but that likely goes late late uh, late day two or probably more likely early day three. So if you want to get that, Haskell Garrett is a guy I want to shout out to. Players uh, from the SEC who, who I really like. One is Justin Ebwigby out of Alabama. He's another guy who plays more on the outside. I think is going to transition inside. Another another player who I think is playing at 285 right now could easily get up there to, to in, in that 300-pound range. He's got a lot of length and knows how to use it. Long athletics, got some power. He's going to be true junior this year, so he might not even come out. But I think if you're one of Alabama player on that defensive line – 
he might be the the most talented one if you don't count that uh will is as williams his name the the outside linebacker there who's gonna be he was gonna be a top five pick in two years i'll just say that and um another player who is played at 290 at georgia last year on the edge trayvon walker is someone who's similar to uh, to abuigby and that he's a a really good athlete Uh, walker is a former five-star recruit he's down to 275 i think he's someone who could go into could go to the NFL, get back up to that 290, 295, 300 pound level. He's got the length. He can wear that 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 uh, weight really. He he can put on that weight, and I think he's someone who I'm looking for a huge breakout this year because he's very talented. He, he his get off at 290 pounds. It's just like humans of that weight just just shouldn't shouldn't have a first step like that. It's just silly. And um, he's going to start full time this year at Georgia. I think he's got first round potential. I just don't know how if if he fits that Browns defense really, unless he can get up to to that to that three hundred pound range. But maybe if he's good at two seventy five, two seventy, he might even be a candidate out on the edge at defensive end. What we were talking about earlier. Yeah, and you always look at guys like that, and the Browns have tried this year to fit fill a need with someone that can play all across the line and that Leal and possibly Trayvon Walker are a couple guys that can fill that role that they're trying to fill with, with Malik McDowell this year, just been playing him up and down the line. And if they can find someone that can fill that, that is something they will value. Typically they haven't been valuing defensive tackle very highly, been putting a lot of third, fourth round assets into that. But if they can find a guy that can play multiple spots for them, I believe that they will attack that as a need very highly. And then another position of need, we have wide receiver. The Browns have invested a little bit this past year with a third round pick, but Schwartz is more of a player that's going to be uh, very situational, just mainly a deep threat. If he can succeed, will be good on special teams. Hopefully they'll potentially try him as a returner, even though he hasn't done that. But the Browns could be looking with big cap hits coming for OBJ and Jarvis Landry. You could be looking at one of those guys being moved on from both of them in the $15 million range for their cap hit next year and with no dead money. So a couple guys that could be looking to replace and we're still looking for that really good wide receiver three anyway. So who do you like at receiver? Yeah, I mean, this is, a, this is a class that's not as good as the last two years, I don't think, but it's still got a lot of talent. I wouldn't call it a bad class. It's just an average class, and um, some people are going to say it's bad just because we're used to having just tremendous wide receiver drafts in the last couple of years. I mean, what, we, we had a three top ten picks at wide receiver last year, um, another first-round pick there with Rashad Bateman, Kadarius Tony. I'm forgetting, so just just some some incredible wide receiver drafts. I think if you're looking at pure talent, taking all the character and off the field medical stuff out, I really like George Pickens out of Georgia. I think he's he's got alpha type potential. I think he's got the the lower body flexibility that that ankle flexion hip sync to develop into route runner. He's not as crisp right now, but I think that's that's something you shouldn't you shouldn't really kill a 19 year old for. He did tear his ACL, and there have been some rumblings off the field, some maturity concerns with George Pickens, which, hey, every team's going to have to figure out. But just based off of talent, I think he's that dude. But it's it's wide open at the top of the class. you got players like Traylon Burks, 
who's really just utilized as a, as a slot receiver. He's around 6'3", 215 or 220 um, at, at Arkansas in that, in that playing range. They utilize him in the slot, but he's got silly athleticism at that size. A little reminiscent of, um, of, um, of LaVisca Chanel to me coming out of Colorado a couple of years ago. He also in that, in that role that he plays that he's really good with the ball in his hands. He's not refined yet, but he's also got massive hands. He's someone who I think you can easily bet on. If you want to bet on one guy because of Pickens, the concerns that he has, if you want to bet on one guy being a top 10, top 15 pick, Burks might be the guy because he's going to run a sub, sub 4 five forty at that weight at, at 215, uh, which is just going to be crazy. There's some more, there's some safer options. Also some route runners. You just talked about a wide receiver three. I think a guy like John Mechie has more upside than being that really good wide receiver three, but he's someone who I think is already pretty pro ready playing as, as a sophomore last year out of Alabama. They just do a great job coaching these, these receivers at Alabama. John Mechie, no different, really good route runner. Um, gets the job done tracking the football. I think he's got some more deep speed than people give him credit for. The only knock is he's around 5'10", 190, 195. So he's never going to be that that X-type wide receiver that wins the ball in the air. Same with um, with Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State, obviously going to be a familiar name for most bronze fans out of Ohio. He's got tremendous route running ability, make you miss ability, getting open against man. Um, I think depending on the scheme and the Browns do do a great job it, with, with, with that, that Odell Beckham Jr. role. Uh, obviously, he was hurt last year, but I think Wilson's got the potential to be that type of receiver, that type of route runner that can also take take the little, take take a slant to the house potentially. I think he's got first-round potential. Chris Olave is another guy out of Ohio State. Uh, we're, we're seeing the depth, really, of the class, just, just going through the names. He's a really strong route runner, uh, improved last season from his 2019 and he's another guy who just tracks that deep ball really well. If you want to take more shots down the field, if Anthony Schwartz maybe isn't the deep threat you're expecting, I think Chris Olave can be a very good number two or even number three in the league, what you were just talking about. But you would obviously be investing pretty high draft capital into, into those type guys. Yeah, and like you said, with Pickens, he is injured, but he has that potential to be that X receiver for the Browns. And when you have OBJ, you can move him around a little bit. So you're not particularly worried about filling a specific role on that offense. But he is a guy that will play that X in the league. And then, as you said, with Burks, he wears, I believe it's 6X gloves. If you want to talk about how big his hands are, that's absolutely massive. And just... When you compared him role-wise to LaVisca Chenault and what he does for that Arkansas offense, LaVisca did have the injury concerns coming out that Burks has not had, so he could go higher, and LaVisca probably would have went higher had it not been for those injury concerns. When you have Mechie, Olave, and Wilson there as well, you have guys that are going to be probably available in the range that the Browns will be picking in the first round and all of them are like you said you have pretty good route runners and you have upside to go above what the browns need them to be immediately but they are i would say especially mechi and olave very nfl ready players and that's exactly what a team that is trying to compete for a super bowl right now is looking for is that nfl ready receiver especially if you're getting rid of Landry or OBJ, 
whoever you get rid of most likely would be Landry in that case, if they do get rid of someone. And you said with Burks, was it Burks you said could take the slant to the house? No, that was, that. Uh, that was, that was Garrett Wilson out of Ohio state. Yeah. Garrett Wilson, you look and they like to run slants for Landry, but man, it's about a slant and then tackled immediately. It does not have any ability to, really get any yards after catch and something that this Browns offense severely lacked last year was the ability to create yards after catch. And so that would be a good fit. And Burks as well as another guy, I would say is able to do that because a lot of his touches are closer to the line of scrimmage and it's mainly used in that capacity. And then last up, we have the interior offensive line and the Browns have Wyatt Teller needing an extension or being resigned. And they also have a contract in J.C. Treader where they could cut him to free up that cap space to be able to get Teller back because Teller was a absolutely fantastic guard, just a beast last year. And Treader's a very good, solid, respectable center, but he just is not as dominant as Teller was last year. So if Teller can repeat his performance from last year, at that lower weight that he was playing at it's definitely a guy that you need to make a priority to get back on the team and if treader is the cost of that so be it because that's an all pro caliber guard that you're bringing back and you can draft a center who probably won't immediately be as good as treader but you do have a younger guy on a better deal as well with that. So who are some interior offensive linemen, either at guard or center that you like for the Browns? Yeah, let's, let's start with the center group because I do think it's a, it's a solid, um, solid group this season. Got a couple of names at the top that I'm, that I really like. I think it all starts with Tyler Linderbaum uh, from, from Iowa. Uh, came to Iowa as a defensive lineman, made the conversion. Tremendous athlete. I think Bruce Feldman put out on the freaks list, ran a 1-5-5, 10-yard uh, split, which is just silly for an offensive lineman. Really fits that that Browns. I, I know Kevin Stefanski wants to run that 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 zone scheme. I think he really fits that with his with his agility, getting to the second level, making those, those reach blocks. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum, if he gets there wherever they pick, that, that that might be a guy that can come in and, and be a day one starter for them and, and a quality day one starter for them at, at center. Uh, Donovan West out of, out of Arizona State is a really versatile player. Now he's only they, – they only played like four or five games last year, so there's not that much tape on him. There's not that much hype on a guy like a Donovan West, but – uh, he, he could, he could even play guard. I think he's, he's just so versatile. He doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. He doesn't really stand out. I think he's going to be a day two type pick, but I think he can, wherever you need him along the interior, he can, he can play and he can help and he, he can potentially start. Um, and then Ricky Stromberg out of Arkansas, he's a true junior might not even come out, but if he does, I think he's someone who has got the power to move bodies up front more athletic than, than you would think. Now, he's not as athletic as Linderbaum. That's why Linderbaum's going to go higher, uh, probably in the draft. But Ricky Stromberg is another guy who I think is going to be a day-two pick at center, at interior offensive line, could even plug him in at guard. I think he's 404, 19-year-old, what he showed on tape last year. I think he's pretty pro-ready. He's smart. He's strong. I think he's solid in pass protection. Um, is, is another another player that, that I think – 
It's going to be highly coveted, like I said, second, third round type pick in this draft. Uh, Jared Patterson, Notre Dame, he got hurt last year, and that that O-line took a bit of a dip afterwards, was that leader. He was rumored to kick all the way out to left tackle. Now Notre Dame, they they have a, have a freshman coming in that might be taking that left tackle spot. But it just speaks to Jared Patterson's versatility. He's probably going to play guard this season, uh, but he's someone as well. Um, that is strong, that, that is powerful up front, that is a solid athlete I, that, that I think could come in pretty early with that leadership, with that versatility, and help you out wherever you need him. That, 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 position, that, that position versatility is so huge in the NFL and for, for draft stock. So those are just a couple day two options there uh, for, for this team. With Linderbaum, they definitely do not – mine that smaller weight especially if it's a guy that has the talent to be a higher pick and just is drops a little bit because of that weight and he is smaller at about what is he 295 and yeah but he's he's been adding weight too i think he started off at 265 and let me say uh, start of 2019 uh so 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 he's been packing on weight so he might even he, he might even get a little bit higher than that if they need him too yeah, and I definitely I don't think it's necessarily a concern for the Browns because they did try to get Nick Harrison, even though Nick Harris was was a day three pick, but he's a very, very small center and hasn't really worked out because he just doesn't have the strength to play at guard. And they have other guys that can play both center and guard that they're going to keep. But if they can get a guy that it does have that high-end athleticism to be able to move at center, it's definitely someone that they will look for. And I think Linderbaum could be a perfect fit there at the end of round one if he is there. And then let's get into guards. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the top guy is probably Kenyon Green uh, out of Texas A&M. Just, just shout out to Marvin Leal. Uh, that school, they got a ton of talent. It's just going to be interesting who plays quarterback. Um, but roster-wise, they might be ready to compete for the SEC. But um, let, get, getting into Kenyon Green, He's looking like he's going to kick out to left tackle this season, uh, which I'm not sure if I do like it, but I think regardless of how, how it looks this season at, at, um, at left tackle, I think he showed enough at left guard to be a, at least a, a top 40 pick, at least the early second round pick. I mean, it, his season would, would, would have to go really badly, really poorly, because he's another player that's just got – I think he's got some silly strength uh, in, in, in his frame – um, really some moments where his technique isn't perfect, but he's still able to finish, still able to, to move bodies with that leg drive, got really good hands or, or forcing his hands, heavy hands. He's a good athlete in pass protection. You just don't really see him beat because he's got the lateral agility to mirror. He's got that, that, that anchor, um, to, to stall those, those bull rush attempts from opponents. Like I said, in the sec as a 19 or 20 year old last year, uh, was one of the best offensive linemen in the entire in, in the entire conference there. Um, and then another name, if you want even more bully than, than Kenyon Green, but maybe a guy who's a little more up and down is Ikema Kwanu uh, out of NC State, who has some of the most fun tape in the run game. He is putting dudes on the ground. He is a finisher, like absolutely nasty. He loves to throw guys around. He's got that raw strength, that, that raw ability. Now, he played some left tackle last year, and it really – enhanced or really showed some of the technical weaknesses that he does have where he really got beat badly in pass protection. So he's someone for a run heavy team, like the Browns might be higher on the board. Absolutely. a guard in the league. People are going to want to make him a tackle. I don't think he is, 
I don't think he's got that type of foot speed and mirroring ability to pass protect on an island. But at guard, I could see Ikemi Kwanu really carrying that that mean streak that he does have to the NFL would really be a good fit uh, for for that Browns offense because, like I said, he can move bodies and he's got to he's got to put big dudes on the ground. And who doesn't love to see that? Yeah, that's definitely one of the best things about watching Wyatt Teller is him just putting dudes right on the ground, and it's just fantastic just fun to watch and so before we head out let's uh ask a few questions here about who are some sleepers that you like that could sneak into the back end of the first round that people aren't really talking about uh at, at those positions or can can just 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 any position work any position will work um, I mean, I, I just shout out uh, Trayvon Walker and uh, Justin Ebuigbe, who, like I said, I, I think those guys have at least top 50. Uh, I think Trayvon Walker has, has first round upside, first round potential. Um, let, let me let me think. I, I, I really like this won't be a first round pick, but Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss. You just talked about getting that number two, number three wide receiver. I really like him in that type of a role. Uh, I think he's he's got some serious day two upside who I, I could see 14 like the Browns as an outside type receiver. He's got good size at six, three um, can can run routes. He blocks his rear end off. I think he's going to be a really good special teams player, at least. I think he's going to be a contributor for a long time because he just doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. He might explode statistically in this in that Ole Miss offense when he's more the more the focal point there at the wide receiver position. I still don't see enough people talk about Andrew Booth in that corner out of Clemson. That's that it, it's not a it's not really a need uh, for the Browns, but I still see him ranked fifth or sixth in, in those cornerback rankings. I think he's got a chance to challenge Derek Stingley uh, for that for that CB one spot. He's just so athletic, so twitched up. He just moves differently than a lot of other people. He's not perfect technically, but that athleticism just bails him out. And that really just, just shows what type of upside and what type of potential he has. After you're done listening to this, go, go Google Andrew Booth interception. He had a one-handed one, I think, against Virginia. Stupid one leaping through the air against Pitt. I mean, just an absolutely tremendous athlete. He's going to – I'm, I'm going on a little – I'm saying he's going to be a top 10 or top 12 pick. Um, I, I think he's absolutely excellent. And um, then at quarterback, Carson Strong, this is someone I see, see more people come around on, but this quarterback class is going to be absolutely crazy. There are people who – I think I've seen about 15 quarterbacks mock in the first round. I think Carson Strong might end up being that dude that might be the even the first overall pick. Um, I, I could, I really could see that, um, he's someone who's got all the arm strength, all the size you're looking for at the position. I love his anticipatory ability. Now he's someone who runs that air raid offense where teams have been kind of hesitant drafting guys out of, but there's not too many NFL type throws over the middle, but I think he does a great job pushing the ball to the outside. I love the way he controls the football, uh, when, when he's, when he's throwing on the move. He's pretty accurate. Now, there are some bad decisions late in reads. There are some times people are going to say he's not that mobile. I think he's got plenty of pocket presence, pocket awareness. I think he, he goes through his reads and mostly makes good decisions. He's poised, but he's playing behind a really bad offensive line, so he's really learned how to get the ball out quick, which I think is just going to translate to the NFL game. He's someone who I'm very high on um, to make a big rise and really be seen as the consensus challenge uh spencer rattler as a number one quarterback in the class yeah and i've seen 
quite a few people that really like Carson Strongmore, that pocket passer, and compared to Rattler. And then with Andrew Booth, you have limited experience, but when he's when he's played, it's just been just fun to watch. Just a really fun guy to watch. But again, just limited experience and that may be a reason why not a lot of people are high on him right now with Mingo, everything you've said about him with the blocking and with the special teams capabilities, definitely a guy that the Browns would absolutely fall in love with. Cause if, if you have a receiver that can block, I think the Browns are just going to fall in love with you. If you're out there, just mowing people down blocking. And then with you said earlier with Trayvon Walker and our guy, like we said, can play hopefully up and down the line for the Browns and let's get out of there with that. Lorenz, thank you for coming on. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. And, and anytime, you know, you, you want me back or, or talking about recapping a draft or whatever you need to know. Um, but uh, I'd, I'd be glad to come back and thanks so much for letting me do this. That will be it for us here today on Fired Up Browns. Big thanks to Lorenz Lineweaver of NFL Draft Bible on Sports Illustrated. We will be back next week to recap the Browns' Week 2 preseason game against the New York Giants. You can check out other Fired Up podcasts, your Fired Up team podcast, Fired Up Titans, Fired Up Broncos, and Fired Up Giants, as well as other Fired Up podcasts, Fired Up Pro Wrestling, Fired Up Sports Betting, and Fired Up NFL Draft, hosted by Mitchell Wolf and myself. Let's get fired up.